Men, if you call every man your home for getting in, getting healthy, getting strong, and getting going, then we have a special ask for you. We need men like you to stand in the gap with us as we take back territory for God's kingdom with our new giving campaign. We're calling it the 12 for 12 giving campaign. And all it takes is $12 a month for 12 months. Now your commitment and donation will help us reach our 20 city goal with our Dangerous Good Conference in 2021. And we can't do this without your support. Now, if you haven't noticed, every man is on the move and we've been able to build an army of strong men that are choosing Jesus over the world. You know why? That's because of people like you that help our ministry thrive, especially in these difficult times. So will you join us and commit to donating $12 for 12 months? Every dollar equals change, not only in the men, but also change for the women, children, and communities connected to these men. Thank you in advance for your support and God bless. Hey guys, welcome to the Men's Global Livestream. If you have a Bible, you'll want to hold a spot in Ephesians chapter three. We're in a new series called The Inner Man. And what I wanna do is I wanna tell you where we're headed in this new series by, by painting a picture, okay? So I want you to imagine a fighter jet with air-to-air -air missiles on the wing. And that fighter jet is in the sixth position. It's locked on. You're the pilot. You've got the enemy locked on target and you press the button, the air-to-air -air missile detaches from your plane and the heat-seeking missile starts gui being guided by the heat signature in the engine of the enemy plane until it finds it and then you eliminate uh, the enemy plane. Now, why do I share that? Uh, for this series called The Inner Man. Well, the human soul, your inner man, is designed by God like that air-to-air -air missile guided by heat signatures. It's designed by God to seek out and to locate and to secure worth. In other words, you and I are hardwired by God to be seen, to be known, to be loved, to be appreciated. All those aspects of what feeling personal significance is. We're hardwired to know uh, that we matter. But if someone or some force does not do that in a meaningful way in our lives, because that's the way we are designed by God, our inner man, our human soul will lack peace. And that, that gap of soul that is created becomes, let's just say, a conscious and subconscious force in men. We're restless men. We compete for visibility. We'll start fearing rejection and craving approval. Image will become very important to us. We will publicly do things to gain acceptance and worth while we privately struggle. We'll enter into unhealthy relationships to secure worth. We'll enter into unhealthy behaviors to secure worth. We'll detach will become addicted to social media and the teasing of the soul, but not securing authentic, permanent worth, which brings authentic, permanent, lasting peace. That's what every human being is created to experience, and that's what every man 
is created to experience. You see, when you lack lasting permanent worth, you lack lasting permanent peace. And here's what starts happening, guys. We start living out of what we perceive we lack. All you have to do is kind of look around and see people chasing worth and acceptance, people chasing approval, people wanting to be visible. Why? Because they feel like they lack personal significance and worth and they have to go find it. Why? Because they're hardwired by God. But, but here's what I want you to know when it comes to your soul, your inner man, and your need to sense authentic worth, experience authentic worth. Literally, physically feel true worth. Listen, things outside of a man cannot solve that dilemma within a man. I'm going to say that one more time. Things outside of us can't solve the dilemma of worth within us. You see, there is a hidden you. Just, just like there's a hidden you, there's a hidden me. There's a public me and then there's a private me. And the hidden you and the hidden me, that, that guy doesn't want to let others down. That guy is fighting sin alone. That guy struggles to tell the truth sometimes. That guy fears privately what other people think. That guy is maybe winning the battle of images. People think a certain way about him, but he's actually, in reality, losing the private battles of life. That guy is anxious over the future. That guy is his own worst critic. Do you know that guy? It's the guy nobody sees except for God. And that hidden you, that inner man, that's the guy that God wants to touch. That's the guy that God wants to transform. That's the guy where God wants to bring his love to the hidden man, the inner man, and empower him. So here's where we're headed in part one. Uh, we're going to get God's mind on your inner man. And then we're going to kind of come up with a theme based on what we see in scripture, like an inner man fact. And then we're going to talk about what the Bible says about the importance of locking down that inner man. So let's go to scripture. Let's start with Proverbs 23, 7. All right, it says this, For as he thinks within himself, so he is. What's the Bible saying? The Bible's saying that your inner life, your inner thought life, uh, your inner psychological life, that is your real life. Let's look at 1 Samuel 16, 7, right? It says this, God sees not as man sees, for man looks at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. And the heart is symbolic of your inner man. It's your inner workings. It's your inner thoughts. It's your inner affections. It's your inner intentions. So if my inner life is my real life, what's God looking at? The Bible says that God is looking at your inner life, your inner man, because that's the real you. Now let's jump into the New Testament and see Jesus' comment on your insides. Matthew 12, 35 says this, a good man brings good things out of the good stored up, where? In him. And an evil man brings evil things out of the evil stored up in him. You see, what's going on your insides will come outside eventually. All right. Your hidden man 
will not remain hidden. You will act out of what is inside of you. So let's just unpack three truths from the three scriptures. From Proverbs 23, 7, we read that, write this down, my self-perception creates a powerful direction, All right? The Bible says, for as he thinks within himself, so he is. How you think about yourself, how you think about God, that creates a powerful direction. It forms uh, your person. Secondly, out of 1 Samuel 16, 7, which talks about God not seeing uh, as man sees, because man looks at the outward appearance, but God looks at the heart, we learn this, write this down. My public perception is not God's perception of me. You know, there's ways that people see you and think about you, and there's an image that you might be projecting, but God doesn't buy that. He looks past your image to the substance of your inner man. So my public perception is not God's perception of you. How man sees you is not how God sees you. He sees the real you. He sees the inner man. Third, based on Jesus's words in Matthew 12, my inner character determines my outer conduct. Good men bring good things out of the good stored up in him. Evil men bring evil things out of the evil stored up in them. So that's why we're doing this series, right? is that your inner man is the real you. Your inner man is the one God sees, and your inner character will determine your outer conduct. So let's write down an inner man fact. God says, write this down, my life story reflects an inner journey. We work out our insides on the outsides, and it's a driving force for our lives. And because those things are true, all right? My life story reflects an inner journey, all right? We have to, to kind of ask God to help us uh, nail down uh, what's going on on our insides. And so uh, the next scripture, if you downloaded the notes, is actually a prayer that I want to uh, declare over every guy that's watching this men's global live stream, because it's a it's a prayer for the journey. It's a prayer for your inner man. It's a prayer uh, over the next uh, several weeks as we kind of dive into and and get after that guy that that only God sees, but that nobody else sees. So um, take in, receive. If you're if you're taking notes, just kind of put down your pencil, and I'd love for you to take uh, a posture of reception. And uh, God is with us right now in this moment. His Holy Spirit is wanting to transform you from the inside out. So just receive this uh, in, in Jesus' name. May God, who puts all things together, makes all things whole, who made a lasting mark through the sacrifice of Jesus, the sacrifice of blood that sealed the eternal covenant, who led Jesus, our great shepherd, up and alive from the dead. Now put you together. Provide you with everything you need to please him. Make us into what gives him the most pleasure by means of the sacrifice of Jesus the Messiah. All glory to Jesus forever and always. Oh, yes, 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 and amen. Can you say amen with me? 
That's my prayer, that God would put you together, that God would provide for you everything that you need, that he would make you from the inside out what gives him the most pleasure in your inner man. So let's look now at Ephesians chapter 3, where it talks specifically about locking down your inner man, how that is accomplished, and then we'll unpack it. And so as I read Ephesians chapter 3, verses 14 through 20, I want you to listen in for what the power is. Um, and before I read it, I want you to know that the context of these words is testing and discouragement. These words are given to discouraged believers. They're discouraged because of their circumstances and they're getting tested and their inner person, you know how discouragement has the power to just bring us down uh, on the inside. And the Apostle Paul is coaching up these Ephesian believers and he realizes that, that they're discouraged and because they're discouraged, he's praying a prayer. Right, So right before this prayer, he says, hey, I know you're discouraged. And then let's enter the text right now in verse 14. He says this, for this reason, because you're discouraged, I bow my knees before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth derives its name, that he would grant you, according to the riches of his glory, listen, to be strengthened with power through his spirit in the inner man so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith and that you, being rooted and grounded in love, may be able to grasp with all the saints what is the breadth and length and height and depth, and to know the love of Christ, which surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled up to all the fullness of God. Now to him who is able to do far more abundantly beyond all that we ask or think, according to the power that works within us. Man, that is a powerful prayer for people who are discouraged, right? The Apostle Paul knows that, that their inner person is discouraged. And discouragement is a powerful force, especially for men. You know, when we get discouraged, either from rejection or lack of approval or failure or, you know, you name it, man, it can really send us into a spiral. And when we're discouraged, uh, we're vulnerable to voices inside of us and in the culture. We're vulnerable to entering into um, unhealthy perspectives, which lead to unhealthy actions, Right? which leads to broken relationships between God and people. And where did it all start from? Just our inner person, our inner man, not being strengthened, not being rooted, right? And being discouraged, all right? So let's unpack how we handle in our inner man discouragement and where the power comes from. So locking down our inner man requires and or involves, write this down, Christ dwelling within me. And you read there in verses 16 and 17, uh, the prayer is this, that he would grant you, according to the riches of his glory, to be strengthened with power through his spirit in the inner man. 
Why? So that Christ may dwell in your hearts. I don't know if you guys have uh, ever seen that show, uh, Fixer Upper. If you walk into Target, you'll see the branding, you know, the, uh, the Magnolia Farms brand. It's Chip and Joanna Gaines. But, you know, they basically, you know, flip houses. But the transformation is insane, all right? They buy the house, they, or they help the couple out. The house is a mess, and then it's just like, you know, they bring in their crews, and then it's just like, you know, from, from ugly to unbelievably phenomenally beautiful, right? Um, why do I share that? Because in this passage, it talks about how your inner man needs to be strengthened with power. What's the power? Well, it's the power of the Holy Spirit inside of you. And then this last phrase, so that Christ may dwell in your heart. Now, that word choice is specific. Dwell versus what? Just, you know, in and out, right? The Bible says that Jesus Christ comes into a man's life, not to rent a room, but to dwell and to renovate your whole life. That's, that's the teaching of scripture, right? So there's Christ dwelling in you. That's, that's how you, you strengthen your inner man. He's dwelling. When someone's living in your house, man, you're seeing them. You're interacting with them. You're passing them in the hall. You're, you're doing life together. It's not like a roommate. No, this is someone dwelling with you. They're eating with you. They're they're, they're, they're working with you. They're engaging in activities with you. That's the picture of the Bible when it comes to strengthening your inner man. There's a truth, and the truth is this, that we're empowered when our faith acknowledges and partners with Christ's presence. Notice that the scripture says, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. Right. So there is this faith element. His presence is there. But that, that presence isn't animated and activated until our faith starts acknowledging and partnering with Christ's presence. Can I ask you a question? Is your faith actively, moment by moment, day by day, situation by situation, is your faith acknowledging and partnering actively with Christ's presence? So that's the truth of how the inner man starts to get strengthened. And then there's a consequence of that partnering. And it talks about that in Romans 8, 9 through 11. It says this, But if God himself has taken up residence in your life, you can hardly be thinking uh, more of yourself than of him. Anyone, of course, who has not welcomed this invisible but clearly present God, the Spirit of Christ, won't know what we're talking about. But for you who welcome him in whom he dwells, even though you still experience all the limitations of sin, you yourself experience life on God's terms. It stands to reason, doesn't it, that if the alive and present God, Jesus, bringing you alive to himself, when God lives and breathes in you, and he does, as surely as he did in Jesus, you are delivered from that dead life 
with his spirit living in you, your body will be as alive as Christ. So you see the picture? The truth is, is that, that our faith is acknowledging and actively partnering with Christ's presence. He's dwelling with us. We're dwelling with him, right? And he begins to renovate our lives. Renovation happens, and when renovation happens, replacement happens. Isn't that what happens when you renovate? Anything, a house, or how about a person, right? The Bible says, death is out and life is in. Thoughts about you are out. Thoughts about God are in. The old you is out, the new you is in. Worth, through God's love, comes in. Lack of worth goes out. The spirit of God is in. The flesh is out and muted, right? Love enters your inner life. Loneliness is kicked out. Forgiveness comes into your life. Guilt and shame goes out of your life. Through Christ, the Spirit of Christ, His peace, the fruit of the Spirit, comes in. And when peace comes in, goodbye, anxiety. You see the picture? Jesus does not come into a person's life to rent a room. He comes to renovate your entire inner life. I want you to hear that. That's what the Bible teaches. So the truth is, is that our faith partners actively with Christ's presence. He's dwelling with us and we are working with him. The consequence of that is that renovation happens and the principle of replacement takes over as he tears down the old us and then he puts in the new us that is created in his image. God starts to renovate our insides so our thinking starts to change, our, our emotion start to change. Our self-perception starts to change. Our view of God starts to change. Our view of people starts to change. How? Through Christ dwelling in you. Well, in this passage in Ephesians, um, locking down your inner man involves Christ dwelling in me. It also involves, write this down, love deepening and securing me. In the second half of verse 17, it says this, and that you being rooted and grounded in love. Right? I want you to see that picture. Right? Everybody understands rooting. You plant a tree. The roots go down. There's lateral roots. There's a tap root. Um, there's angular rooting. And that rooting has to go down. Sometimes a tap root will go as deep as 400 feet. Why? To secure and ground that tree below the surface. Get the picture? Right? So on top of the soil is your outer man. Below the soil is your inner man. The context of this passage is your inner man, and that when Christ dwells in you, right, in your heart through faith, and you're strengthened and empowered in your inner man, what happens is, is that love, God's love, right, it, it deepens in your life and it secures your life. You become rooted emotionally and grounded emotionally in love. You become rooted psychologically and grounded psychologically in love. You become rooted spiritually and grounded spiritually in the love uniquely of God, right? Because your inner man, your human soul, seeks worth. And the only way to get permanent, authentic worth is for your human soul to make contact initially and continually with God's love and your soul is searching for that worth in love.
But if your soul doesn't make contact with that, there are cheap substitutes out there and they're not going to permanently satisfy you and you'll just start moving to the next thing and the next thing and the next thing and the next fearful behavior, right? But the Bible says that when Christ lives in you and his spirit is inside and your faith is actively partnering with him, you're making contact with his love and it's rooting you and it's grounding you. In Jeremiah chapter 17, it kind of expands on this picture of rooting. Uh, listen to the prophet Jeremiah describes the person whose soul is connecting with the Lord. But blessed is the one who trusts the Lord, whose confidence is in him. They will be like a tree planted by water that sends out its roots by the stream. It does not fear when heat comes, its leaves are always green. It has no worries in a year of drought and never fails to bear fruit. So you get the picture? Um, and I love this language. Uh, whenever you see the word tree in a Bible, it's, uh, it's a picture or symbolic of a life, a man's life. Or whenever you see house, in this instance, it's tree. This is where in a agricultural or um, planting analogy, right? Where the rooted ones or the grounded ones, right? Who trust in the Lord. And guess what? That's a confident, that's a confident man, right? Whose confidence is in him. He's like a tree planted by water. Okay. So that tree planted by the water, it's sending out its roots and it's tapping in to the source. So below the ground, there's that tapping into the source. What's happening above a, the ground, right? the heat, uh, the drought, um, it doesn't affect it. Now, let's talk about your life. Are you rooted and grounded so deeply in the love of God that when things happen to your life, maybe someone gets cancer, maybe uh, there's a super bad fracture uh, in your marriage, maybe one of your kids is having a very difficult time uh, maybe you lost your job. I don't know what it is, but it's the above ground activity. What's going on down here? All right. And are you tapped in? Are you rooted? Are you grounded in the water source, the aquifer of God's love? Because when you know that God loves you and that God is present, and that he is working all things together up here for your good, that gives you an inner confidence. And in this passage, it says that that man does not fear when the heat comes. Can I just speak to you who are watching me, who are in the heat? The solution is not a rearrangement of your circumstances. And I know that's hard to say because you need relief. But your circumstances may change, but your soul needs to be rooted and grounded in the love of God and in the presence of God and in the assurance of God and in his promises and in his word. And you need to activate your faith today and connect and send out your root so that no matter what happens, because guess what? Your circumstances may change, they're gonna change again. Something unplanned is gonna happen. Some interruption is gonna happen. And when that moment comes, 
we gotta be rooted and grounded in love. All right, so we're unpacking this passage in Ephesians 3. Locking down your inner man involves Christ dwelling within me. It involves love deepening and securing me. Third, locking down your inner man involves dots connecting for me. And what I mean by that is mentally. You can put in that parenthetically, mentally. The dots are connecting for me in my mind uh, about uh, God's love. And it's it, that's where the passage goes on. So we've gone 14 to 16, and then we've gone 17. Now let's go to 18 and the first part of verse 19. It says that you, and I put in brackets, that you being rooted and grounded in love, and here we go, we continue, may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and length and height and depth. And to know the love of Christ, which surpasses um, knowledge. I want you to circle if you're taking notes. May be able to comprehend, right? And, you know, there's, there's knowledge intellectually in our heads, and then there's, there's knowledge um, inside, right? There's, uh, there's head knowledge and there's heart knowledge. And, you know, in all languages, they usually have different words. Like, I, I speak Spanish, and so in Spanish, you know, to know something intellectually, you use the verb saber, all right? If you want to, uh, to say that you're intimate with or you're, you're familiar uh, with something on an on a internal level, you use the verb conocer, right? So there's a difference in knowledge. And that's what um, is being talked about in scripture today, that in your inner man, uh, not your upper head, but in your inner man, you're rooted and grounded in love that you may be able to connect the dots, right, with, with the rest of your brothers and fellow Christians, just the breadth and the length and the height and the depth, just the, the, the magnitude and capacity of God's love. God's love's long enough to extend into every circumstance. God's, God's love is wide enough to cover every sin. God's love is, is, is deep enough to reach into the deepest, darkest place that you could possibly go because it's infinite. God is infinite and God is love, which means that not only does he have an infinite supply of love, but it can go into infinite spaces and that is what God wants you to know. And you need to connect the dots you need to go, oh my gosh, that, that God's love thing, right? Because the, the scripture goes on and it says, um, you know, that you would be able to comprehend and to know the love of Christ, listen, which surpasses knowledge, right? That word to know the love of Christ, it's a special word. It's the Greek word ginosko. It's the, it means that you have an internal, intimate, personal awareness through, through Christ and through what God did for you and, and what Jesus did for you on the cross. And, and you know through his revelation of his words toward you in scripture that not only did he love you that much to die on a cross for you, but he dwells with you and he's loving you from the inside out. You see, why is knowing with your heart God's love and connecting those dots uh, more important than just kind of knowing intellectually. Well, it talks about that in 1 John chapter 4, verse 16. It says this, And so we know 
same word, ginosko, and rely on the love of God, the lo on the love God has for us. God is love. Whoever lives in love, there's the goal, lives in God and God in them. There is a great headline. Um, the reason why knowing with your heart on the, in the inner man, um, the love of God, because when you know the love of God, you rely on the word love of God. The man of God knows the love of God and then relies on the love of God. So it's not something that we just kind of sing about on Sundays and talk about abstractly. No, we rely on it, especially when uh, our above ground life is under heat and under pressure and the winds are blowing and it's a huge storm up top. We know and rely on the love of God. Our rooting is going down into it and we're relying on his promises. We're relying on that rooting and that grounding in his love and the promises that he gives us based in love and we don't have to fear what's going on up top. Does it concern us? 100%. But on a, on a, on a, on a global level. We're not gonna let it inspire fear because God's with us in it. We're rooted and grounded in his love, all right? Because I know a lot, I know myself. A lot of times I know things with my head, but I don't really feel it in my heart, all right? That's not God's plan when it comes to his love. It's not something that we, we quote, you know? It's not a cliche, oh, God loves you. No, God's love secures us. God's love gives me worth. God's love gives me confidence. God's love makes me not fear. And man, in our culture today, we need a boatload of God's love transforming us in here because there's a lot of stuff happening above the ground that could inspire fear. And if you're living at a high level of fear and anxiety, you got to get more rooted and grounded in the love of God. So, gotta lock down that inner man, all right? Because discouragement is gonna come, but if you're rooted and grounded, if Christ is dwelling in you, if his love is deepening in you and securing you, if you're connecting the dots, right? And seeing how it all works, oh, that's what the love of God is for. It's for right now, it's for this circumstance, right? Fourth, locking down your inner man involves the soul filling and unhealth leaving. Remember we talked about that principle of displacement when Christ comes into life, he starts renovating your life through the love of God and things, his love comes in and fear goes out and there's just that things are coming in and other things, unhealthy things are going out. Well, that's what the Bible says. We go down to the next verse in, in the second half of verse 19 and it says that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. Let's just say together, all the fullness of God. All the fullness of God. Do you want that? Why don't we just say that together to God right now. Say, God, I want all the fullness of God. I want all the fullness of your love. I wanna know it. I wanna rely on it. You see, that is how we fill up our soul, is when we know the love of God in Jesus Christ, when that love is resident, has residence in our lives, Jesus Christ has residence in our lives and we're cooperating with his renovation of how we think and how we feel about God and about ourselves and about our worth 
and our soul begins to fill up. You see, that's God's mission. God's mission is to fill you up. But you know what? We walk around as Christians. I've been doing this for a long time. I see Christians who are like above the ground, they look full, but below the ground, they're riding on E. Their tank is empty. They're gassed. It's just all up here. None of it's in here. And that is not God's plan. You know, we read in 1 Thessalonians chapter 3, verses 11 through 10, it speaks to this, and, it, and it's a prayer. Here comes another prayer coming right at you. All right? You want to put down your pencil? Put down your pencil. Let's just receive what the Lord says. I want to receive it. I'm going to pray this for myself and pray it for you at the same time. May God our Father himself and our Master, Jesus, clear the road to you. And may the Master pour on the love so it fills your lives and splashes over on everyone around you just as it does from us to you. May you be infused with strength and purity, filled with confidence in the presence of God our Father when our Master Jesus arrives with all his followers. Yes and amen. Can you say yes and amen? Isn't that what we all want? We want our inner person, our soul, our human soul, right? We want it to find what it's seeking and what your inner man seeks more than anything else even though it might masquerade as another chase, is the love of God and the worth, the personal worth that God pours into your life through his love. And when you're at peace because you know your worth, did you see what happens? You're filled, all right? And guess what? Because you're filled, guess what starts happening? You're filled and it starts spilling out. Right? You're filled with the love of God. You're secure in the love of God. You're forgiven by the love of God. You have peace in the love of God. Right? You have a new person. You're a growing person. And it starts spilling over and splashing over everyone around you. You know what this world needs, man, right now? There's 700 million of us who name the name of Jesus. They need the love of God filling us up from the inside out. And they need that love splashing on them to defeat evil, to defeat human trafficking, to defeat domestic violence, all right? To defeat fatherlessness and the chaos and the dysfunction that comes. We need men filled with the love of God through the spirit of God, transforming from the inside out and that love coming out of them and blessing humanity. Boy, that would be a different kind of masculinity than what we see in the media, don't you say? We need dangerous good men filled with the Holy Spirit, filled up with the love of God, where the, they're filled up and guess what's leaving? The unhealth, the broken masculinity, the self-gratifying masculinity, the self-important masculinity, right? The self-preserving masculinity. That is out and the loving and giving and blessing and serving kind of masculinity is in through the love of Christ. Don't you want that? I do. And I think the Holy Spirit is creating a movement of men who want that. All right? So, got to lock down the inner guy. All right? If you're going to handle pressure and heat and discouragement so that that doesn't turn into making you vulnerable and you going off into unhealth, you need to be rooted and strengthened in the love of God. How? Through Christ dwelling in you, through love deepening in you, 
and you're connecting the dots internally and you're letting God's love shape and form you emotionally and psychologically, all right? You're letting your soul fill up with all the fullness of God. And then lastly, locking down your inner man involves your life changing and the unimaginable coming. How about that? You know how the Apostle Paul closes off this, this promise uh, to the man of God about the inner man and his soul when he gets finally the love of God in him and it secures him permanently. Here's what happens. Verse 20. If you got your notes, read this with me. Now to him who is able to do far more abundantly beyond all that we ask or think according to the power that works within us. You know what's going to happen? When Christ dwells and love deepens and the dots get connected and your soul fills, you change in unimaginable ways. Just like that fixer-upper. God doesn't come in to rent a room. He comes to renovate your life. And he renovates your life. And it's sort of like the big reveal. And you become salt and you become light. And you become a trophy of grace. And you become filled up with God's love. And now you are transformed. You see, the resolution of your problems and circumstances is not God's mission, even though they are important. The mission of God is that the love of God would revolutionize your heart and your insides to the point where your life changes in such a way that not only are you are blessed, but every person connected to you is blessed. Every neighbor connected to you is, is blessed. The unimaginable starts happening. You start to become the man you always wished you could be the unimaginable comes far beyond. You get blessed abundantly beyond, beyond, beyond all that you could ever imagine. You know, that's the story of my life. I don't know how you take an addicted, uh, totally insecure, approval-seeking, um, orphan spirit, 17-year-old kid and you do with him what God has done through the love of Jesus, I, I feel like I've reached the summit. I, I don't have to keep climbing this mountain of worth. It's done. But God has brought me to new heights. You know, there are some of you right now, you feel like you're in the slimy pit. I'm telling you right now that the love of God is reaching into your heart right now, even as I'm speaking this words. God, not only does God love you, God really likes you. And he accepts you exactly the way you are with all the mess. It's okay that you're in the pit. He loves you right there. But guess what? He loves you too much to leave you in that pit. And so he wants his love to come inside of you. Are you ready to receive it? Look at this scripture from 2 Corinthians 5, 17 and 18. It says, now we look inside, circle that. And what we see is that anyone united with the Messiah gets a fresh start. Yes and amen? You get a fresh start and you're created new. The old life is gone. A new life burgeons. Look at it. 
All this comes from God who settled the relationship between us and him and then called us to settle our relationships with each other. Man, what a picture of renovation. What a picture of displacement. The love of God floods in. The canvas is washed clean. You get a fresh start. And then God starts to paint on the new canvas of your life. And he starts to create a new picture. And your faith begins to move his hand because you recognize his love. And this new picture, this new you starts to emerge, which people haven't seen before. And it just starts coming out and people are going to go, look at that. But you know where it all starts? It starts with God. And it starts with your relationship with him. So if you're listening to me, and I don't care if you're just watching this for the first time or you stumbled onto this live stream, if you're a Christian or a non-Christian, I'm just telling you that God's love is not static. God's love is dynamic. And, And when anyone makes contact with the love of Jesus, the love of God through Jesus, a transition and a transformation happens. Look at what it says in the Bible. 2 Corinthians 5.14 it says this, Christ's love has moved me to such extremes. His love has the first and last word in everything we do. That is the transition that God is calling you to make in your inner man. He just doesn't want you to know it. He wants you to know it with your heart. And that love moves you. It moves you off the mark of stagnation and it moves you in the right direction. That love just moves you from a life of anger and frustration toward a life of peace and a new direction. And it's extreme. It's not just, well, I'm going to tweak your life a little and it's God plus you. No, it's all God. And that's how we know. It's when our life changes. And guess what? Here's the standard. When you know that your inner man and faith is working with God, his love has the first love. His love has the first and last word in everything that we do. God loves me. I'm okay. The fight's over. I've secured my worth. My soul has found its worth. All right, so because of that, I'm not going to do what people tell me to do. I'm going to do what God says to do. I'm going to do what shows love for him and love for for others. Look at what it says, Jesus talking in John chapter 15. He says, I've loved you the way my father has loved me. Now listen to the command. Make yourselves at home in my love. You ever invited somebody into your house, like open the door and, you know, uh, my mom was so good at that, helping people just feel at home, you know? Mi casa es tu casa, you know? I want you to just make this like your own home, you know, where you're comfortable. When you're at home, you're safe. When you're at home, you're comfortable. When you're at home, things are familiar to you. When you're at home, you're not looking over your shoulder. You feel safe and protected and comforted. You know what? That's, what, that's the relationship with Jesus' love that he wants you to have. 
He says, you know what? Make yourselves at home. Where? In my love. There's some of you I need to say right now, right? You can stop chasing worth. You can stop protecting your image. You can stop trying to accumulate more and more dough. That's not going to bring significance. Yeah, you need to feed your family. I get that. But you know what? That car you drive, that's not who you are. Those clothes you wear, that's not who you are. You're who God says who you are, and God loves you. And he doesn't want your worth based on anything but him and what he says about you, and he loves you. And he loves you from the inside out, and he wants to change you forever. So let's make the transition, all right? Let's make that transition, right? Let's let God's love move us and let his love have the last word in everything that we do. And let's make ourselves home in God's love. Let's pray together. With your heart before God, you can invite Christ to come and dwell. Just say, Jesus, I want you dwelling with me. I don't want you, I don't want to treat you like you're renting a room. And I want to acknowledge why you're in my life. And I want you in my life. And I want you to renovate my life, to change me. And there are guys listening to me right now that are 16, and there's guys listening to me who are 76. I don't care how old you are, where you are, what you've done, you can tell Jesus Christ right now, Jesus, I want you dwelling in me and renovating me. Jesus, right now I just open my heart and I want your love to go deep. To go deep. I want your love for me to heal places that are tender and wounded. I want your love to heal things that are missing that, ca that cause fear in my life. I want your love to heal the fear in my life about the future. I'm starting to connect the dots, Jesus, that not only do you live in me, but you like me, and you want me to actively know your love for me on a daily basis, and you want me to rely on your love. So fill my soul. Fill my soul. Permanently fill my soul with your love. Because I want my life to change. And I want that life-changing fullness. I want that life-changing abundance. Lord, I don't even know what my life is going to look like if I live in your love, but you say that the unimaginable, what I cannot imagine will happen. And so, Lord, I'm in. I'm in. I'm in, Holy Spirit. I'm in. Fill me. Work with me. And God, I want people to know that I love you too. Let our relationship be seen and visible. Move me. And thank you for making me at home in your love. In Jesus' name, amen. That's just part one, guys. And I hope you'll tell a friend about part two. We'll see you next week.